Hello there guys, gals, and non-binary pals, all of whom are loved and welcomed in this space. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Imperial Senate Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Ashby, and joining me, as always, is my uh, my little wombat. Oh boy. My goddaughter, Claire Stribling. Oh, wow, that one threw me for a loop. I, I don't know, I, I don't know if I, I'm older than you, first off, so I don't know how I'd be your goddaughter, but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I prefer chinchilla over wombat, though, so... Keep Chinchilla. the Phoebes keep Wombat. Okay, do you want me to start again? Please, please. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no worries. We'll let it, okay. we'll let it slide. Hi, I'm let Charlie it... Ashby, um, and I'm with my co-host, uh, Mutt, Claire Stribling. Oh, even better. Oh, may <laughs> I rest in peace? Sorry, spoilers if you haven't seen it. But Jesus Christ, out the gate. <laughs> my bad. My bad, guys. There's Romans in this film, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how many spoilers, how many people can we piss off in the first two minutes? We need to throw some like fake ones in as well. <laughs> that scene where Short Round um oh. meets uh, Jesus was crazy. I know. I've been waiting for that one, waiting years for that to come up. And he gets his cut back, which is really nice. That's right. That's right. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. We just uh we had our uh, FU England holiday yesterday as of time recording our independence from you Brits. Yeah, um, you're doing so well, I hear. <laughs> I love it here. It's great all the time. Um, which I, I, like, we didn't even go see fireworks or anything. We stayed inside and we played card games and I ate food. Nice. So that was okay. That was pretty cool. Plus my nephews who are 17 and my niece who is 12, they are visiting. And so they've been with us and got to go see Indiana Jones with them and go hang out. And it's been nice. It's been lovely family bonding experience. But how are you doing, Charlie? I'm doing very well because, as you know, I don't think I mentioned this on the last episode of the pod because it's been a little break between episodes. But I was able to go to the official UK premiere of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which was really, really cool, really fun. And yeah, quite an experience. Um, I met Harrison Ford, which was crazy. I hate you. Just for the record, I want to put that out there. <laughs> there was a moment where like, I saw my dad regress into a child. I took my dad, <laughs> by the way. And um, I purposely picked, I wore the Last Crusade poster shirt. Because it says now he's bringing his dad, and I was like, I gotta wear it. I gotta take that. Um, so that was really fun. I saw a bunch of people. So Charles Dance was there. Um, Daisy Ridley was there, but we had to leave early, so I didn't get to see her. But I noticed in my pictures, she's up on the balcony, which is really frustrating. Because like, technically, I'm in the picture of Daisy Ridley, but not the one I wanted. So there you go. Tragic. I saw some of our friends uh, did manage to track her down, though. So. Yeah, Star Wars Sessions yeah. lads got... Yeah, they did. Me, yeah. Crazy, crazy Good gifts. on you guys. Good on you. <laughs> but so yeah, I was very happy. Got to see the film for a second time. Sorry, the press screening as well. Um, So yeah, this is what this episode's going to be about. We're going to be talking about Dial of Destiny, which is it's just crazy. It feels like it's been ages since this was announced. And just, yeah, feels good to finally get to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. For uh, sure. But, 
we don't get to talk about it by ourselves. Thank God you don't have to hear just our voices. We got a special guest this week. Uh, she's a digital creator and cosplayer and bears a striking resemblance to our favorite Leia Organa. It's Living Like Live. Hey guys. Hey. 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 Uh, we're very proud because this is your first podcast, right? I think so. If Although not, I may have it. done one before at a Comic Con, but that didn't count. That does not count. So this is basically your bar for all future podcasts is going to be set so low. <laughs> You're gonna be like, oh. So low. Hey. hey. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> But no, we're we're so happy to have you here. And obviously, uh, we were talking about the uh, the premiere for indie, but you got to go to both of them in the I US did. and the UK. Oh, I'm very lucky. That's so cool. <laughs> Literally surreal. I still, to this day, can't believe it. I feel like it was a dream, but it wasn't because I have the pictures to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a picture of you and Karen Allen. And oh, yeah. her smile is a dream. Oh, honestly, I didn't expect her to be there because, like, obviously, I mean, her name was on the poster, right? Like, yeah. But I, I'm blind and didn't see it first time. So someone sent to me and was like, Liv, look. And I was like, oh. but so I didn't expect her to be at the premiere, really. But then literally she walked up and I was like, whoa. Like, it was just like, <laughs> I turned into a child for a little bit. Um, I've actually been like supposed to meet her for like years because she's always got announced for um, London Film Comic Con, and like every time I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go meet her, and then she ends up like canceling last minute, and I'm like, so I'm really happy that I got to meet her finally. It was meant to be. It was the perfect it combination was. and the perfect Definitely. place to meet her too. Finally, right? after all this right? time on the red carpet, <laughs> literally, Ugh. it was just amazing. She's so lovely and like sweet and his smile is just contagious literally yeah like i I, all i can think of is that that amazing scene in uh, crystal skull when she has that beaming smile after and he's like it's always been you and you're like oh oh i actually watched that earlier (laughs) (laughs) good yeah i rewatched all the films as well before i got to go see the fifth one again and oh that film holds up for me i think yeah Yeah, it's still like probably my least favorite of all of them i will say i think it is but also at the same time like i remember walking out of the theater that when i saw it and just being like oh that was oh i oh oh." and upon the rewatch i was like oh wait no this is solid though like no okay i can i can vibe with this i can vibe with this i feel like it almost has like a special place in my heart because it was like the first indie movie that I saw in the cinema. So in that respect, I feel like it holds a big, you know, like I love it. <laughs> yeah, like a special place. Yeah. I think for me, it was interesting because obviously I was of the age where I could go watch indie. But mm-hmm. I never got around to it. I don't know why. I just never did. And then I got to watch it when it came out on DVD. And I've never not liked it. I've always enjoyed it. I did. For me, I think... It's a little bit like Star Wars. I know this is cheating. People go, well, you're just a shield. But <laughs> yeah, it, like it may be the lowest ranked indie film for me, but it's a bit like ranking gold bricks. Yeah. Like, oh, great. This is the, my least favorite gold brick. <laughs> like, they're all gems to me. Like I just really enjoy the films. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's the not a was... bad movie. <laughs> exactly. The thing I was really worried about in terms of this movie 
was how much would the quote-unquote audience reaction to that last film affect the plot or like yes. some of the, the right. threads to that. And I'm very glad that I was proved wrong and that yep. all the stuff that was sort of like talked about from the previous film was very much the emotional like core theme for the film. Which... Yeah, and provided arguably one of Harrison's best acting moments in any of the Indiana Jones films. When he's on the yeah, boat with Phoebes talking about, I mean, that, oh, my heart. There's a few moments in this film. Where oh, like, yeah, this... there was a few that choked me up good. Oh, same. Hard save. Just not okay at all. Well, I felt myself we... choking up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely on the second time, there was a... we'll talk about it in a minute, but that final sequence. Oh, yeah. Niagara Falls, the curtain of a Karen Allen film. Um, <laughs> 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 completely, yeah, just kicked the guts well before we dive into our main like sort of thoughts and stuff what do we think what's our overall thoughts of dial of destiny do we all enjoy it i enjoyed it good i I loved it yeah i did too and i was telling i was telling uh before we started recording i was telling charlie um I took three generations of striblings to see that movie my nephews and niece me and my sister, and then my parents. We all went together in a massive group to go see it. And sometimes I find that the between the generations, we don't always agree on stuff pop culture-wise, but we had just like thumbs up across the board. And the hardest one to please is my dad, who is a diehard Indiana Jones super fan. He walked out of Crystal Skull disappointed. So I'm sitting here like, oh, God, just please let my dad be happy walking out. Please let him be happy walking out. And everybody was just – everybody had so much fun. That that movie was just fun and action-packed and emotional and just – yes. Yes. A plus. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's my yeah. insightful opinion on it. Just It's going to be on the posters. <laughs> yes. The quote, Claire Stribling. It'll be on the bottom. <laughs> um yeah for me it was the same like i was on this on the first go when you watch a film for the first time it's a very strange like when you have so much like anticipation for it it's such a weird feeling i remember going to the to the uh uk press screening which is the first time i watched it and the worst thing that happened was that the trains were delayed so at the rate it was going, it looked like I wasn't going to be able to watch the film before. Uh, everyone. Oh, no. And I just about got to Leicester Square in time. I had, to, I had to run from all of Houston, all the way down the tube, run from yeah. Leicester Square, got there just in time. I think I was like halfway through the... If only you had a horse to ride know, through what, the tube, you know. <laughs> exactly. That was, that was what felt so funny watching it. I was like, that could have been me, right? That could have been me. <laughs> being shot by Nazis. Um, I felt like I was running that fast. It was ridiculous. I got like the last row in the cinema, so my head, I was like staring up the entire time. And you just don't know how to feel when you watch a film like that for the first time, because you have like such conflicting emotions. You're happy because you're watching, you know, you're feeling the students for the first time. And it just, yeah, it's just such, such a relief. So when you watch it the first time, it kind of feels very strange. So for me, the real sort of ticking point was the second time I watched the film. Because the first time I thought there were some issues with the pacing of the film. 
Mm-hmm. It felt quite long, and I think that's more of an issue of like films in general nowadays. They're very long. Yeah. Um, but actually, those those pacing issues didn't really uh, they'd gone by the time I watched this, it the second time because I could just relax. I knew what was coming. I didn't have to worry like where is this going. Like I was really concerned. Actually, that spoiler alert. I know we talked about it at the beginning of the podcast because Claire just <laughs> shouted out. Um, I was really worried they were going to reverse Mutt's death. Yeah. As much as I thought it would be, like, you know, like, you're like, I, I'm sad that he's dead, but I was really worried they were going to, like, a time has changed to this extent or something. And I'm really glad they didn't because it felt very appropriate to the theme. All right, yeah. you heard it here first. Everybody blasted all over Twitter. Everybody blasted out to the universe. Charlie wants Shia LaBeouf dead. That's how he would prefer him. Make sure everybody knows. Cancel him now. Charlie wishes death upon Shia LaBeouf. Want him to be Odd Stevens. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Boo. Boo. Yeah, that was rough, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I really liked how they included these photos at the beginning of the film. I was really worried they weren't going to, like, I expected the mention at least, but I was really worried they were going to just like completely disregard the visual of Mike Mutt. But it was really nice to see him and obviously Sean Connery as well make a cameo. Agree. Yeah, definitely. For sure. But one of my favorite bits from the uh, the fourth film as well, like the little picture of oh, yeah. uh, Marcus and Henry Sr. Now there's two Henrys that I got. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Don't call your kid Henry. That's the it's bad the vibes, man. Bad vibes. Bad dates. Bad dates. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I really enjoyed it too. Like, the first time I watched it was obviously at the US premiere. So I was kind of like high on adrenaline. Didn't really know what to expect. So I felt like that time didn't really count because I was going to love it like anyway because yeah. I was there. Um, and then the second time was at the UK premiere. And they sat us on the front row of the IMAX screen, so I definitely could not see a thing. <laughs> I needed a chiropractor after that. Oh no, <laughs> oh, no. yeah, I feel you. I feel so you. that time as well, like I was just a bit like, do I like it? Do I not? I was kind of conflicted a little bit because I couldn't really see and it was kind of just peeing me off, basically. Like I couldn't <laughs> see anything and I was just getting angry. Um, and then I went to see it with my family after that and then I was kind of like, yeah, I like it. Like, I mean, it has its flaws, like every movie does. For sure. Yeah. But overall, I really enjoyed it. And the ending, Chef's Kiss. So the ending is so good. Like, it's the perfect way to end this like franchise. I think like it's just the perfect little emotional scene. I mean, should we just talk about the final scene now? Because just to get it out of the way. Let's do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> That scene is so beautiful. I think it might be my favorite acting from Harrison and Karen. Literally. In this franchise. The way that they can say so much with just their eyes is right? incredible. It literally chugged me up so much. <sighs> and, and then the, the way, parallel too. Yeah, yes. the way they bring that back and the way it's not like shoved down your throat, but it's generally meaningful. It's just really, really beautiful. And I'm glad Salah was there as well. Like just, <gasps> yeah. you know. And the, the, song, trio. the song that he sung. Yes. <laughs> Little HMS Pinafore, so let's go. <laughs> it was just, everything was done so well in that scene. Yeah. Def- and I love that he's a, <laughs> I love that Saul is an immigrant with his 800 grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just with his, just killing the game. 
my guy Sala. <laughs> that was the, that was a really good surprise, actually. Like, because you know, you only see him briefly in the trailers, and I wasn't quite sure what his role would be. Like, if India would go out and meet up with him somewhere in the Middle East, but it's actually really sweet, like, to see that he brought them over during, obviously, the Second World War yeah. and helped them out in that way. Like, it's just a nice little bit of backstory that mm-hmm. if they were ever to tell future stories in the past, that'd be a really cool one to sort of dive into, maybe. Um, I mean, the whole opening sequence was incredible, and it just made me feel like I, I really don't want any more future indie movies in terms of, like, I don't want them to recast Harrison. I don't want them to, you know, reboot it. Jesus Christ, please, no. Um, no. <laughs> remember when we they thought to... Chris Pratt might be Indiana Jones? Oh, no. Remember those oh. days? <laughs> the collective groan just said it all. <laughs> Literally. <Peak> 2012. <laughs> Peak 2012. Dark times. The end of days 2012 was supposed to be. Maybe that was signaling it. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what was funny, though? Do you remember when they were doing the whole... Like, before they did Solo, and there was a whole big thing of, like, the fight to be Han Solo. Mm-hmm. And there was this um, impersonator called Antonin Gruber. Oh, oh he was gosh. at the premiere. He was at the UK premiere. He was young indie. He was Yeah. The, yeah, he was young indie in this, which I thought was really... Oh, was he? I didn't know that. Yeah. <gasps> Apparently it's in the credits. Like It's like 1944 stunt double or something. But yeah, he was the young indie. That's that... crazy. He was also in the auction scene too. Was he, he was... really? Yeah, he was one of the people at the table. I can't remember which one, but he was, oh, wow. he was there. Someone sent me a screenshot the other day. That's how I know. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. I knew he was he played the young indie version because I saw it in the credits but oh i didn't know that yeah it was really fun i was like oh like funny way of it all like you know coming full circle yeah he's yeah. like spitting image of like harrison though like it is crazy isn't it, it is yeah. i just I, I really enjoyed the actual de-aging sequences oh so i was really gosh. worried about Shame. it it was so good i like i remember just sitting in the and realizing like oh like we've got we got the bag over his head I'm like, this is, mm. oh, like, obviously this is going to be Indiana Jones are going to do that reveal. And when they did, the, like, guffaw noise that came out of my mouth, like, I feel bad because it was a packed theater. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's goddamn Harrison Ford. That's the Harrison Ford effect. It's like 1982 Harrison Ford. <laughs> what? What is that? Um, Incredible. And I loved um, – in one of the interviews, Harrison talked a little bit about the de-aging process, which you've also seen with the Mark Hamill stuff, um, yeah. just the the data bank of images and clips from him as, you know, which they can pick from the – you know, based on the lighting and the angle of his face and all this other stuff. And wow, it is like – it is scary how much that technology has come along. It's just wild. Absolutely wild. It was funny though. I'm like, there's the, there's definitely Harrison's 80 year old voice <laughs> coming out of that. Oh pie. yeah, but yeah. I don't yeah. care. I don't care. It's so good. But that's the thing to me. Like that's the thing that really I never really understand in terms of like the film criticism because I know there's a lot of talk of like oh bring back visual effects like classic movie effects, but we know that they're not real. Like we know that movies aren't like movie effects aren't real. So. There is always a sense of, you know, having a bit of disbelief. So for me, with the the, the de-aging technology, I think you have to let that go a little bit. We know that they're not going to literally make Harrison Ford 30 again. Right. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm not criticizing it. I just thought it just, it made me smile, honestly. Just be like, there he is. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I did see people like, well, clearly he's just old. I'm like, well, yeah, because he's Shut you know, they're not the magic. Fuck up. <laughs> it's, it's a movie effect. But yeah, people I, are too critical. People it are looks wild. really good. And the lighting fits it. Obviously, like, the, the, there's darker lighting because it helps the effect look better. There was a few times when I thought, mm, maybe it's a little iffy, like mainly when he's wearing the German helmet. Because it's so yeah. compact, mm. um, and I have the not. It's not an issue. It's just again, it's one of those things where like general audiences won't notice it, but because I'm a big loser and a big nerd, <laughs> I do notice it. Which is that obviously, like the young, the aging technology, and it was the same with Mark Hamill. They pick clips and like footage from old behind the scenes or uh, you know films in general. But I can, you know, you can tell where the face is from. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. 1981 Harrison. That's 19. Like, you can tell it's like a little bit different. So that's just the only thing that throws me off a little bit. And that's the same with Luke in Book of Boba, where I was like, that's that's a new hope, Luke. What's he doing there? Like, hey, Charlie, <laughs> why don't you stop being a huge nerd, man? <laughs> I'm trying. Coming from somebody who has also dedicated her entire life to talking about Star Wars on a weekly basis, but whatever, you know. Do you want to make your Do you want to make your Toby Jones joke? Now that's yeah, one way that. to set it up, isn't it? <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> Revenge. Yeah, speaking of the de aging sequence, obviously we get to see Basil Basil Shaw, who plays Helena's father. Um, and you had a very interesting. Uh, thing that popped up in your mind. I love how naturally this is flowing. (laughs) Naturally, (laughs) this transition is going. Speaking of not any of this, um, so for everybody who is familiar with the Austin Powers movie series, uh, (laughs) it's it's so dumb. Why am I talking about this? Um, The character, the M character from... uh, (laughs) from Austin Powers is Basil Exposition because his entire job is providing exposition. Always a cute little joke I loved. Um, But literally when the second that he's like that you find out that his name's Basil I'm like, oh, he's out there. He's running along a train. He's looking for ancient. He's looking for artifacts. He's it's Basil Expedition. So every time I see him, that was that was when I thought of him. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I know. It was a really bad joke, Charlie. Thank you for making me tell it out loud again. Thank you. I um, hate you. So what did we... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, really. Mm. Give me five minutes. I'll love you again. <laughs> uh, you're fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> Where do you think the opening sequence like ranks for you in terms of the opening sequences for other indie films. Oh, wow. Oh, that's hard. Like it's hard because like this was so densely packed with action. It was just wild. It was a wild opening sequence, Um, which they all are in a sense, but this was just motorcycles and train chases and, and which I love tunnels. a little. Yeah, tunnels. Oh, my God. <laughs> Terrifying tunnels. Yeah. Like, it's hard, to, it's hard to rank because there's so many. I And I have such, like, a strong attachment to, like, there's a lot about Temple of Doom that I don't care for, you know. But 
you know, to have Sp- like Steven Spielberg's wife singing Anything Goes in Mandarin, like that's that's just vibes for me. Um, it's going to be in my head now. You're welcome. <laughs> oh. So good. <laughs> so good. It is. It is. That's every time, because I keep popping, obviously everyone's talking about Indiana Jones and that whole sequence keeps popping up on Twitter. And no matter how many times it pops up, I have to watch the whole thing. Like, you can't oh, just, yeah. Like, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think, obviously, I think it's difficult to rank those things because I just think it's a it's a folly game, but because I do love every single opening, but I still think for me the best one is Last Crusade. Really, I would have said Raiders. I mean, yeah, oh, Raiders, Raiders is like Raiders is like cheating. <laughs> I feel like Raiders <laughs> is so perfect no matter what. I guess um, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just. Last Crusade has always been my favorite indie film, so I just, I just, yeah, something about that opening always. It is a good opening. Filled me with wonder. You're like, okay, this is young indie. Like, okay, this. And again, like, I was a big. I love like my dad just showed me all these films, and so I grew up with James Bond too. So just hearing Sean Connery and like seeing him is like, a lot oh yeah, of good memories there. But yeah, this one definitely fits up there. I think just in terms of scale just such a blast i mean the whole scene with the the bomb with the carpet oh my yeah. god <laughs> so much anxiety literally it was in the edge of my seat literally it's hanging just... by the noose like they keep slipping down through oh the hole god. on the floor yeah. I'm like, oh my god Stress. So good, and the yeah, the classic indie dialogue like um there was this Bunch of kids, blue-eyed kids, and oh yeah, <laughs> listening to stupid. I was like, oh, okay, this is great. There were a lot uh, of Nazi, like verbal, like Nazi digs in this movie, which yeah. are evergreen. Uh, it's sad that in this world that we live in currently, that we probably need to be saying those things out loud more often. Um, but you know, yeah, it's cool. I, <laughs> and I think actually as well, like I, I mentioned this a little bit in my review. Um. I was I was very glad with the Nazis' presence in this. That's a sentence I never thought I'd ever had to say. Carly um, likes Nazis being around. You've heard it here first. <laughs> <Can we not? laughs> right. I I know everyone says you should punch Nazis. Um, I personally think you should go this next step forward and have a fight with them in front of a giant airplane and make sure they get cut up. Yeah, propeller um, Nazis. Oh, yeah, yeah. propellered. Yeah. yeah, always propel a Nazi. Um, <laughs> oh God. But yeah, like I, I really appreciated their presence in this in terms of obviously like we've seen them twice before in the franchise. We've seen them in Raiders and and then Last Crusade and there's only so so much you can do with the villains. And the way that James Mangold managed to bring them into this film in a way that of course they're the generic villain and they're still up to their you know shenanigans of trying to use um history for their own advantage. But it's also telling a story that's very relevant and prevalent to today, but also in a way that expands the the core like theme of the film, and also you know breaks down the fact that maybe America isn't so clean itself. You know the way that you know, <gasps> so as we know, I know. I don't I'm know. Kidding. I don't know I'm <laughs> like it's so funny that you say that too, because I literally had half of a second in my brain where I'm like, oh, that's interesting that they made the ex-Nazi guy one of the people who, you know, created the atomic bomb and helped end World War II. 
helped is uh, really loosely used here. And um, like, oh, it's super weird that he's a professor at the University of Alabama. And wait, who are these guys who are just his blade followers? I'm like, oh, that's 1000%. It, oh, you want to go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama? Yeah, you're going to find some white supremacists down there that are going to be like down with your cause, my guy. I'm like, never mind. Checks out. No notes. <laughs> no notes at all. Oh boy! Exactly. <laughs> and my my favorite thing about like as you know, I'm a big history that like dork. My favorite thing about indie growing up was because you know their movies, but the whole point of things like this is that it inspires you to go and research and learn stuff yourself. And I really do hope there's loads of people now that go out and go, "Wow, what?" So they're trying to say that Nazis were involved in the moon landing, and you go out there and you research it and. Fuck yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were really involved. And I did like the way that the movie delves into the idea that, you know, for indie, this is a strange new world, not just in terms of technological marvels, but also, you know, the world isn't black and white anymore. There aren't good guys and bad guys. The good, the people that you thought were good guys. Unless like, they're even Nazis. Yeah, even the previous movie, indie is still like, full up you know pro america and all that stuff yeah here he's like a little bit just disgruntled with the whole thing and you get to see it not just in terms of you know the bad guys trying to you know use up and try to change america back into nazi land but also just small things like the thing that really depressed me was the opening when you see indy at school you know we're all well aware of the famous scenes with the kids like being a love you on their eyelids and that'd be me that's one yeah. thousand if i had been invited to that premiere that would have been me that would have been my i literally thought like, about doing me. it <laughs> you should I, I, was, I should have done it and i should have blinked slowly at harrison as he walked past me you need to make sure that next time next time we gotta make it happen next time at the marvel <laughs> premiere he's in a marvel movie right yeah he's yeah. thunderbolt ross man do it then i'll be like remember me blink <laughs> <laughs> keep blinking like what the hell um but what, that scene always obviously sticks in our minds and even in the previous film where he's older um uh, the kids are very much you know going up to him asking for advice and being very educated and loving and stuff here the kids are just bored out of their heads and yeah that kind of made me sad not gonna lie right and it, all they really care about is like tv and the moon landing and Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not that Syracuse. Um, <laughs> it, it, it just reminds you, and it's a good like little nod. Like history and less like school is there to teach you, but it's also there to inspire you to learn yourself and go out and explore. And like history isn't just answers; it's it's questions. It's more questions than answers because we don't know. And that's intriguing. And it just shows you like it's like a commentary in modern life where it's like we're all just addicted to like our phones and TV. And that TV and the phones and the stories that we're actually addicted to are just subtle propaganda. Like the moon landing is just, yay, we beat the Russians. Yay. Like there's nothing there. And I just felt so bad for Indy. It's like, oh. I just love the way that those like subtle themes were explored. Yeah. It d- definitely. And there's so many things too, like as you figure out, you know, more about about uh, what happens between 
Marion and Indy and and Mutt and that and and all the loss and sadness there too. Is he's like being caught by the uh, CIA agents and they're walking through the protesters at the parade, the anti-war yeah. protesters, and you're like, this is a real. This could be a good distraction to help you know cause a fuss and get you out. I'm like, oh no, but he actually totally would feel that way. Yeah, I didn't catch that until the second viewing. Yeah, you're like, oh man. <laughs> when, he, when he's when he's joining the uh, stop the war stuff, yeah. you're like, oh shit, he's talking about Matt. And you're like, oh fuck, this actually does hurt. It hurts so bad. It's, yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of moments like that actually, and again, it's it just proves if you have if you have watched the film in cinemas, thank you. But I recommend going back again and paying to watch it again because there's so many things that you just missed the first time. For sure, really clever stuff. The one oh, that yeah. really stood out to me the second time was um, when Indy and Helena go to Sicily. There's a like puppet show. Oh yeah, and it's the Greeks versus the Romans, and you see a dragon. Oh, and it's like yes. straight up the ending of the film, and they're like telling you then, and you're like, oh my god, I love it. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's like it's like because I was like, why is there a dragon? And then like the second time you go. <laughs> Okay, I get it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so cool and so clever. I love it. Um, yeah, like I think my only major gripe of the film is that I wanted it to be a little bit more gory in terms of because there's a lot of like horror in terms of like like when they shoot the people at the school. It's very sort of like wow, like it's pretty dark for Indian. That was yeah. really dark. very dark. <laughs> But I wanted a little bit more skeletons, and like because you do see them in the sea, but they're kind of like obscured by like obviously like all the plankton and yeah, there was like eels, skeletons, eels, <laughs> snakes, yeah. eels. Oh, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> that got a big laugh in the cinema. That was like one of the that ours too. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's a good po- uh, jumping off point. Did you have any favorite lines in this uh, this film that oh. you remember? I've I've got mine sorted out. I don't know. I may need another rewatching because there were so many little like one liners that were so good. Oh man! The one that I loved the most was with Vola and Indy at the uh, the auction, and he goes, "You should have stayed in New York." And he goes, "You should have stayed out." Yeah, of yes. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> that was good. That one was <laughs> so like, good. It was like classic, like pure India. Like I love that. I don't know if I have any favorite lines although i do love obviously when he asks marion where doesn't it hurt oh. <laughs> oh yeah that's a good one too of course that and like even though it was in the trailer it makes me giggle every time i see it it's just the, the you stole it from me and i stole it from him that's capitalism that whole line <laughs> yeah. too. i was like come on now and now it's fine <laughs> That was good. That, that was good too. That, got, that was one of those like you know when you laugh out loud, but you're like one of the only few people. Oh yeah, yeah. That was me. Was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, Helena was great. I loved Phoebe in this film. I know a few people had issues with her character. <sighs> um, not all sexist reasons, to be fair. Not all sexist. Okay, it's my. That's usually my follow up question. Uh, I think uh, some people didn't like her like character journey in terms of the way that um, a good friend of the show, Clarice from the Independent, did a great review and was talking about um, like you know how Indian char- characters that sort of like try to use history or usurp history 
by like you know engaging in like selling stuff off and you know using it for her own advantage usually get upset. But I think for me, my my reading of the film was that she, Helena is more like in the in Temple of Doom, where she's like starting to realize that it's not all about fortune and glory. There's a bit more than that. Right. So I think it really works in that regard. Um, and if they do do this like a spinoff, which I think a good like a, like a series would be really good. That would be like a Helena would be a good character to sort of focus on. And um, what's his name? The kid that's with her. Her short round. <laughs> yes, Teddy. Yes, Teddy. Teddy. Oh yeah, he was he was great as well. So I really liked good. his introduction. Oh my heart! Because he he felt very much like a short round in terms of like how uh, short round really complements indie like their personality wise. I thought the same way with um. With Teddy, uh, a good friend of the show as well, Nick Tierce, did a really fantastic like tweet. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but um, he wrote me, "I need to go to bed and stop thinking about indie." And then he put my brain. And then he was he in his follow up tweets, he's mentioned how he wanted to make an image, but he's so like hell bent on making it look perfect that he decided to make it into a um a video instead. I'm going to send you a link to this. He made a fake opening credits to a young indie sequel spin-off. Oh my gosh. And I want you to watch it because it's incredible. That's it's so cool. I would love it. I would love it. Oh, here you go. Oh, you're sending it now. Okay. Uh-oh. Me and myself. Just for the record, the Shorty and Wombat Chronicles, I would watch every episode. <laughs> Do you know? You know that Key would be like, Hi, I'm here. I'll do it. Let's go. You know that Key would yeah, be here he'd for it. Definitely be up for it. Yeah. Oh my God. The Shorty and Wombat Chronicles as well is so good. It's so good. <laughs> so good. I, but love yeah, I I definitely would love like spin-off sequels in that regard. Um, but yeah, I I personally really liked Helena's character. I thought it was really she was really well done. Um, it's the youthful experience, you know. She's at the beginning of her career, and Indy's at the end of his, and it's like a nice little contrast there. I thought. Um, I thought the the girl, the actress they got to play young Helena was really good, well casted. Yeah. Oh my gosh, really well casting. Um, and that sequence actually, I really loved that. There's a because obviously all this talk of de aging, we talk about the opening sequence, but there's a de aging sequence near the middle of the film, which shows Harrison. I think it is like 1951, I believe. So it would have been what like a few years before crystal skull and i thought that was really well done the way that they aged him to that point yeah i really like that yeah i I don't know about you guys and i really really desperately want to talk to james mangold about this because he did mention a lot at the premiere he talked about how britain was a you know is big for the indie films because they filmed it here and they it meant a lot to them and they he lived over here for a little while but that's the first time we see britain in indie (laughs) and it only clicked to me oh yeah like We've never really seen Britain in Indiana Jones, and especially especially him. 
No. Uh, we know he's got loads of friends from Britain, but yeah, that's the first sequence we ever get to see. Him I didn't and even clocks out. Yeah, it's like just one of those things where you know you watch it, you go, hang on a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like a nice <laughs> little thing. So it's like, I would love to ask him if that was on purpose, like if that was like a nice little nod. I mean, obviously, Basil and Helena come from England, so it makes sense story wise, but I don't know. It could have been easy to just be like, oh, they live in America. <laughs> But yeah, um, any other moments that really stood out to you that you just like want to talk about? I really, I only noticed this the second time because when I watched it the first time, I was too caught up in the scene. But the the last scene where Marion comes in and you can see Indy just walking over to the refrigerator to take the magnet from the <laughs> yes. face. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's so like, good. Well, yeah. That was so good. <laughs> Made me laugh so hard. I also really love the fact that he's kept the picture. Like, he had it during the war, and then, you know... Yeah, because they edited that out of the trailer one time, didn't they? Because the picture wasn't there, and then suddenly it was there. Oh, was it? Yeah, I was like, somebody's getting fired. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, dear. Yeah, but I I really liked that. Yeah, I remember seeing, like, I think it might have been, like, a behind the scenes thing where they had like the picture out and I was like oh that's really sweet but to see it get such usage in the film was really sweet yeah. and it's always the idea that you know obviously he gets with uh, Marion and then something happens and then they split up again and then they must get back together again then they split up. Third time's the charm she gets pregnant right and then yeah. he gets back with her again but even throughout all that time he's kept the image of her and it's the same image on the fridge mm-hmm. just really sweet and yeah and it's Emotional. so like it's so emotional too, like because when she walks in, like when the she doesn't say, "Is he awake?" She says, "Is he back?" As in, is yeah. he back here, present in this place, mentally, not off in his brain on another adventure, which I'm sure ruined anything that they ever had. Was him always, you know, wanderlust to be somewhere else and finding some artifact or you know having some adventure instead of being present in the moment and just like have her say like ask if he's back and you're just like it do- he doesn't mean she doesn't the mean he is streaming oh oh it's so, so emotional just thinking about it right <laughs> it's just like oh my god my heart and that trip healed his heart his heart his everything and he could be there for her. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! It's so good. So well done. I, Such a good ending for them, I feel. Right? How do you not walk out of the movie theater feeling good after watching that? Like, come on. Come on. Apparently that was like his last scene that he filmed as well with Karen. Oh, no. Like the very last one that they filmed was that Stop one. Stop it. Think that's just like so... Oh, oh I love that so much. Oh. That make that gives me goosebumps. That's just really sweet. Yeah. Ugh. I have a question my... for you for you, Liv, because obviously you know all about like costumes and you've done like amazing Marion cosplays. Thank you. Um so her outfit in that final sequence I thought was like a very cool sort of modernish approach to Of Cairo. Out- yeah. Yeah. Li- I the thought same- the exact same thing. Yeah. I thought it was like and like blue is like this sort of older like color instead of the red. That's just yeah. really intriguing what you thought. I, 
I saw someone point out her necklace too, but I need to do more research on that. I don't know. Someone said that it was the um, little thing that she had on the chain of her medallion. I'm not oh, sure wow. if that's, <gasps> like, you know, correct or anything. I need to do more research on it. But if it is, that's kind of, like, emotional too. Oh, my that gosh. Is, I didn't even notice that. That's I'm, cool. I'm literally going to have to search it because that's just, like, attention to detail. <laughs> I'm just glad I wasn't crazy there. Like I, because I, I was like, that really feels it feels like a spiritual successor to the Cairo look. Like with the yeah, yeah the, for real. I thought the exact same thing. Oh, good. Yeah, it's really sweet. I really like the the costumes in this film. The, yeah, and how the you know the sixties approach just really works. And again, like it, what I love about indie is that it works no matter the era. But it can throw you off. Like I remember watching the four film for the first time and thinking, hearing Elvis straight up, and you're thinking, this oh, feels yeah. really weird. Right. And then this film has the Beatles and David Bowie, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about. It. And then you're like, okay, now it makes sense. <laughs> also, Indy putting his shirt on the, the wrong way around. The wrong way around. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's just one of those like, little things. We like just realism. Yeah, I just love that. Um, bless him that really oh. terrible apartment really oh oh speaking of putting his shirt on the wrong way around um i, I was i wasn't mad at that scene i mean visually and all harrison i mean i i said he it on this good part. yeah he does like it looks good i've said it on this show before and i'd say it again if i was propositioned by harrison ford at this age i it still would be a resounding hell yes from me. I'm just saying. I'm just saying <laughs> the man too. looks great. I mean, whew, okay. Everyone was wooing at him at the US premiere. Everyone was like clapping. It was great. <laughs> Everyone was like, yes, Harrison, get that shirt off. And I love knowing that he would be in the room for that and just to like hear, <laughs> hear everybody cheering on his, his half-naked self. <laughs> That's actually, I'm glad you brought that up because... There was a really, how do I put this in a polite way? I'm not trying, let me just use my, yeah, okay, I've got the words. Uh, really fucking stupid shit <laughs> article about uh, Karen Allen that I really hate. I saw that. It's the worst what? article I've ever read. I hated I, it. I don't understand it. Have you seen this, Claire? It's the one where, no. which, which says that um, Karen Allen looks unrecognizable. What? 42 years after Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, she looks the same. Fuck up. She, she looks, looks exactly, exactly the, the same. same. Literally. exactly the same. She's just got gray hair in the film. You know, here's yeah. the really crazy thing. It's been, let me just do some math here. It's been, what, 50 years, 60 years since that movie's come out? Yeah. Are you telling me that you expect her to look exactly like she did six zero years ago? But here's my other point. One, well, she doesn't wait, look unrecognizable. 40, not 60. I'm like adding two whole decades here. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. still, 40 years. That's a um, lot of time. Yeah, but my other point was, one, she doesn't look unrecognizable. No, she doesn't. She's clearly the same person. She literally looks exactly the same. And two, just to point out, yes, I agree, Harrison looks hot in this film. Yeah, it does. But so does Karen. <laughs> Karen Allen is just, yeah. oh, I love her. They're both She's like so underrated. If I could age to look as beautiful as she does, I am a blessed person. Like if agree. You, if you age to look like that woman at that age, then you are lucky. 
you are lucky. Literally, she's not one of these people that has like filled her face with fillers or Botox. Like she's aged gracefully and she looks amazing. They're gorgeous. Definitely. And I won't lie, there's a scene. I think she's the hottest she is in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because I love oh, her. Yeah. She oh. looks amazing she, in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. She, she's got she looks amazing in that film. She looks gush amazing too much. Always. Always. Respectful gushing, like, respectful gushing, respectful gushing, but yeah, respectful gushing, but um, gushing nonetheless, you know. <laughs> and Harrison too, like of course he just look, he looks amazing in this film. Um, just a team of hotties over there. Just yeah, hot central. Wolf. Wolf indeed. Um, and yeah, and obviously, like it depends on how you view. Obviously, the theme of the film is that Indy can move on, and he's with Marion and happy in that regard. But it depends on how you view the Indiana Jones timeline. And this is something I wanted to bring up with you guys what your thoughts were, because of course we know Young Indy Adventures shows older Indy. And he has got like a daughter and grandkids. I wonder what oh, your I thoughts were I about. didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched that show like in ages. I need to rewatch it. I haven't it either. So yeah, it's like a very old indie thing. It's it's very nineties. Like the whole he has thing. Like, like an eye patch, right? He has an eye patch. I think he's one of his grandkids <laughs> is called like Spike, which is so nineties. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why did we never get Spike in the movie? Yes, I don't. Um, oh my! I don't know. We call Jones because he's got a door. But um, yeah, so there is a chance that he may not have ended up alone. Completely, maybe, maybe Willie had a kid. <laughs> God bless that poor, those poor children. Um, <laughs> oh no! Forgot. I love Willie, but imagine them. Sh- imagine her shouting at you. Oh, to, oh, you, to do your room. The screaming. <sighs> I can't with Willie. I'm sorry. No, no, I agree with you. I she's my least favorite. One thousand percent. And that's saying something when the other option is a literal Nazi. Nazi. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's sad. That she's still number three. She's number three. <laughs> oh, boy. That Elsa was saying let it go way before Frozen. <laughs> Talks in her sleep. Exactly. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I only found out the other day that that was improv. Was it? Yeah, apparently that Sean Connery just came up with it. Love Sean Connery. <laughs> that guy. That guy. Um, oh, speaking of which, at the UK premiere... It was really cool to see our, our boy General Viz, aka Donovan. <gasps> yes, he walked past me, but I didn't ask for a photo because he kind of looked lost and I felt a little oh, bit sorry him. for him. Oh no. He had the Marcus effect. So he's on Veer's watch. He got lost in his home museum. That film is just. I know people complain about Marcus becoming a comedic character, but that whole sequence is no, just he's so, so good funny. In that. Although we didn't get a mention of Marcus in Dial, right? We didn't. But yeah, kind of sad. I guess enough time had passed, obviously, for him. Yeah, I guess. Why do I feel like in my like in my head, but I've heard either in Crystal Skull or in this movie that he passed away? He did. Yeah, in, he did in, in Crystal, Crystal Skull, Skull. Yeah, that's what it was. They have the, yeah, they have the statue of him. That's right. The, that's that they right. break college. Yeah, yeah. bless him. Um, bless his soul. Yeah, it's just dad passed away, and then Marcus. Um, oh, so sad. Yeah, bless them. Not much. <laughs> yeah, and no, no word about um, Oxley. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, no, no, one, no one cares about him. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> Henry Jones Jr. 
that's just the whole, the whole script it's just him saying that and i love it oh, um but no yeah I, I really did appreciate the film i'm glad it's doing well like i know that obviously with can there was a lot of negative feedback but then ever but since the film did you see that apparently that they played a different version that can did they really so i hear rumors like take this with a pinch of salt obviously because yeah. it's rumors but i hear the spoilers indy stays in uh, like the Roman era and like basically dies and then what Helena took the hat apparently mm. interesting because also I read a recent uh like interview with Karen Allen and she said that the script that they had when Spielberg was still doing the movie Marion had a bigger part um and she was expecting to have a bigger part and then when Mangal came along, they basically told her that they didn't know if she was going to be in it or not. Interesting. That is interesting. Uh, so, well, I don't know. Maybe they've shot a few different endings. I'm not sure. I feel like they, like the journalists must... Because that's such a big departure. That's such a big change. Yeah. I mean, I take it with a pinch of salt. I hear it off someone... Actually, when I was at Disneyland, I bumped into someone at Disneyland and they were talking about it because they went to the premiere as well. Oh, wow. Um, Maybe they, they told that to me and I was just like, hmm, interesting. Because I did read it. I told myself that I wasn't going to read reviews because I didn't want to be spoiled when it came out of Cannes. And then some articles were saying that Marion or Mutt weren't mentioned at all. Oh. So, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. Maybe they were mm. like told not to mention their involvement which i know Liv. we talked about this before the film came out before we saw it because um i got when i got the uh press screening uh information it it literally said karen allen is in the film like oh okay (laughs) i guess marion's in the film Um, oh yeah that was like a big thing i don't they i feel i i don't know that was a big spoiler for them to put in there not gonna lie (laughs) it was a little bit right i was like okay yeah, I remember because I was in I was in line at Universal when you were messaging me, <laughs> and I was like, "Wait!" I think Marion might be in the film, which again, I I didn't even know she's going to be in it or not. So I was just really glad that I'm so happy she's in it. And such a because I know she's not in the film that much, but her presence is fr- oh, felt throughout. Yeah. And like you mentioned, that really dramatic scene where Helen is like sort of joking with Indy like where would you go if you, had, you could go back in time like flirt <sighs> Cleopatra and oh my god that, that really no <sighs> no and, he's like, and it came out of nowhere it did came out my, it came out of nowhere and I you told just, my like, son oh. not to enlist and I was like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> like oh it's all downhill from here yeah here we That's go straight up like drink. and like I was watching that with my dad and I think he felt it like a little hard too because like We've had conversations like all the time. My dad is always super in his feelings about everything, which I love about my dad. But he he's one he's very much the kind of person who like randomly somewhere is just like, you know what? Because both of his parents have passed, my grandparents have passed. And he's just like, you know what I really wish I could do today is just give my mom a call. Like he says things like that out of nowhere. And I know that like literally I was sitting by him and he just it just seemed like that was when you get Ken Stribling a little emotional, I'm like, oh, that's a K-Stribs moment. Oh, my God. Feelings, my heart, my soul. I would have said the exact same thing, but it came out of nowhere. And it emotionally just, oh, my God, still wrecked. Never okay. Yeah, I feel like the only thing that I would want more of is obviously Marion. But, like, I feel like For sure. 
I would have really liked to see more of them dealing with Matt's death together. I get that, yeah. Because I think that would have been good to see them both be kind of emotional over it. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Like, I was disappointed in the lack of Marion. Even Me though too. you're right, she was present throughout the whole thing emotionally. She was so central to Indy's emotional journey and yeah. the happy ending at, at the end of it all, as happy as it can be. But you're like, oh, man. Definitely. Oh. And it's and it's small things as well. Like, if a, if like I know Helena is a big presence in Indy's life and means a lot to her because she's a new character to us. If she just was like, where's Marion? It would feel so unearned and a little bit like, disjointed so when we get characters like Salah say have you told Marion then it hits more emotionally like and, you know, it's like oh that makes me feel like because you you just imagine that you know they've had more adventures ever since maybe he met Mutt and all this stuff and he's a you know he knows what they're going through as well and that's just really sort of you know it makes the mind think a little bit more which I always appreciate yeah um uh. I really can we talk about uh, Mads as Vola? Let's Fantastic villain. Oh my gosh. I don't want to say this. Well, I mean, he's a great actor. We're going to preface this with Mads Mikkelsen is a fantastic actor. I apologize. It has literally just started thunderstorming. So if you hear some drama in the background. Um, it's the Nazis. It's the Nazis. <laughs> um, that guy plays a good Nazi. Not going to lie. <laughs> he's a real good Nazi. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. And yeah, like what I really thought was very clever about this film is that obviously we all know the Nazis are terrible people and evil and we hate them, but the way they show like the ideas of Nazis still existing and surviving through in very horrible ways, like, you know, what the generic Paul Boyd Holbrook, who like has to play the generic like Southern douchebag oh yeah um, nazi douchebag but they like the way that those ideas like nazis didn't die of world war ii like they just changed shape yep um but there's a specific sequence i thought was very well done and might be one of the worst like the most evil that we've seen the nazis because we don't have to just see them kill people it's the sequence with the hotel room yep i knew exactly you were gonna say that Schmidt is talking to the um the where are you the, from? The, yeah, the hotel worker. And it's just like pure evil and like yeah, like where are you from? And like not listening to him, like where are you from originally? And it's that sort of racial background and that horrible fr- that sentence where he talks about how the fact that they didn't win that the Nazis just lost. And like, fuck you. Like you you wanted to get up and punch him through the screen. <laughs> And that oh, you yeah. you really do like, and it's one thousand percent not a apt parallel. Wow, thank you for emphasizing that point, thunderstorm. Um, Don't look at it, Claire. <laughs> it just and and <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know in that position too. Like in the service industry, you just gotta take that and smile and nod and hopefully get your tip and get out of there, you know? And you're just stuck in this situation where you have somebody just throwing whatever bullshit they want at you and you've just – and racist nonsense 
directly attacking you. And it's just like, oh my fucking God. I was just like, oh no. And it is, it's just a comment on like racial tension in the US and also, you know, the, this man, this soldier, this man who works at the hotel, he literally risked his life on in Normandy to yeah. save so many people's lives. Yeah. And then he gets home. Comes home to a country that hates him. Comes home to a country that doesn't respect him, treat him the same way as a human being. And yet he's still having to like be a waiter under this piece of shit yeah. who was a Nazi and is still viewed as better than him by society. It's fucked. It is so fucked. Merga! Fuck yeah! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know that song from Team America? World I Police? do. Yeah. We kept playing that yesterday at our Independence Day celebration. Or like anytime somebody would, or like the news would be on in some you know, bullshit American. Oh, mass shooting in Baltimore, Independence Day weekend coverage. America, F yeah. That <laughs> happened. Just, Happy. It's very sad. And I'm literally 40 minutes away from Highland Park, Illinois, where last uh, last 4th of July, there was a mass shooting at the parade. So that was fun. Jesus. America, F yeah. This country is fucked and we let Nazis run free. America. Well, thankfully, in the world of Indiana Jones, Nazis don't go free because they end up in uh, 39 AD. They get shot with harpoons. (laughs) Harpoon them, Nazis. Don't just punch them. Harpoon their ass. Can we just talk about that final act? And just that was one of the, I think someone did a really good tweet, actually. I can't remember who it was. I do apologize. But they were talking about how, like, King of the Crystal Skull. Because it was funny because I saw some people be like, Dawn of Destiny suffers because it's not done by Spielberg and then I saw someone who say that actually Kingdom of the Crystal Skull suffers because there's some like indieisms that aren't featured in that film that are in this film which is just just you know funny to notice but there's a specific like the way it's written and the way that Harrison delivers it that feels so perfect indie which is when um then like indie works out that the uh like the plates have moved since <laughs> since Archimedes' time, and he's like, you got the wrong coordinates. Wherever you're going, it's not 1939. Like, it's like, pure, like... They're happiness. digging in the wrong place. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's the smug, these idiots, um, that I just love about, like, you know, the history in him, the, the geek in him. He's like, you, you think you know so much, but you know nothing. Yeah. And that, yeah, like I said, that whole last third is so crazy so out there and i really appreciate that because i i don't want people to like i don't want everyone to enjoy it because it's just one of those ideas where i don't think everyone will enjoy it but i'm glad they went for it because it is so crazy and but also feels right yeah it is so literally we are talking about um an immortal knight at the end of one movie, we're talking about interdimensional beings. In another movie, we're talking about a guy who uses voodoo to rip a heart out of someone's chest and have them still be alive while they're chilling. Like, like we're talking the literally the Ark of the Covenant melting people's faces off. Ooh, spooky. Sorry, God. Um, but literally, <laughs> like this is this is totally in line with Indiana Jones. Is it's 
it's based in archaeology and adventure and action, but also based in the supernatural and the and spiritual and it's cool. It's cool, man. And it's it's just a really beautiful metaphor for the whole point of the film, which is that Indy thinks that he belongs in the past and belongs in the museum. Exactly. And sometimes you need to get a punch by Phoebe Waller Bridger to wake you up and remind you that actually life, you know, is difficult and changes, but you need it, you know. Life continues and that's important. And I just really yeah, I just really appreciate the fact that because it is it's a celebration of history, right? Like it's sure. the the idea of you know everything that Indy loves coming together. And again, it ties into the beginning of the the lesson when he's talking about the siege of Syracuse and yeah, just recall. Syracuse. <laughs> New York. Still funny. Um, I think that I really liked as well was the um I had to like double check the second time I watched it because I was like having to make sure. But yeah, the the fact and it's a classic case of people misunderstanding the MacGuffin, which is that the dial doesn't time travel to different locations. It only travels to that one location, which right. I really love. The idea that it's it's a self ending loop where it always it's only there to go back to Archimedes. I really enjoyed that. Um, because I still think some people didn't quite understand it. Yeah, I didn't understand it the first time. Yeah, like it's like it's like, can it take you to? It's like no, no, it only goes to that one location, which I really enjoy because it it's like one of those. It's like the world between worlds of Star Wars. It's like it's it stops you from going the full time travel hog and be like, but you can change all these things. It's like no, you can't because right, <laughs> it's here for a reason. So, and I yeah. love uh, at the end too when. He wakes up from his little coma and she's like, well, you would have changed time. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, I couldn't leave you there. I would have changed time. Like, no. Yeah, although I suppose there might be a lot of Nazi bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Thousand-year-old Nazi bodies. Like, how did that get there? Oh. And yeah, when he's having, he's got Vola's watch on Archimedes yeah. Doom. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought yeah. that was. These uh, these these drawings have propellers. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's got a watch. Usually, <laughs> <laughs> for Hoggy, he's got like an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> we can tell because it is an iPhone Seven and not an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, what the, what, the, what is this? <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, I thought like, I just thought it was like a really sweet way to end the film, like, and the. I like how they kind of like thematically kept the ending from the four film where it's like, that's it. That's the end. Oh, wait a second. Maybe it won't be like Indy's still, um, Indy's still out there. He wants to keep the cat. Yeah. Yeah. Or he's sleeping with Marion of the Hat on, which is what I also assumed. I thought that the first time too. I was like, (laughs) what are they doing? (laughs) I'm, I'm just saying, keep the hat on, keep it on. Yep. Oh boy, I'm sorry. You all got me all hot and bothered over here. Oh, I didn't even think about it that way. Oh, it's like, go and get ice cream. <laughs> go and get ice cream, me and, me and your We have things to do. Talk. We need to catch up. We haven't seen each other in how long? <laughs> Just hope he doesn't fall asleep this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, please, no. Cindy. <laughs> 
Jones. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's, that's what my immediate thought was, which, you know. I'm glad not... I'm not the only one who thought that. Yeah. I, I still think it is. That's my, that's my view. Because that's what you do in the engine and in life. You have a really tense, sad moment where you think about your son and then you, you bang. Yes, that's what I think. <laughs> no greater turn on than thinking about your deceased child. I mean, not whilst thinking about it. <laughs> That could have been dark. Put Our the kid is, like we lost one kid. I guess we better make another. Make another one. Oh, no. <laughs> That's how we get Spike. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> married gives birth at the age of like seventy. That'd be wild, but you know, crazy, crazy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Just put the proverbial magnet over Mutt's face. Someone's gonna make a fan fiction about that, guys. No, oh, I really hope so. I hate that you're right about that. Face <laughs> <laughs> <Play> sperm. <laughs> the young Indies adventures. Oh god. Oh god. That's oh, something, well. isn't it? Isn't that great? <laughs> I love the internet. And yeah, that was my that was my thought of the film. I didn't make it into my review, by the way. Darn. <laughs> I should add it in next time. Add it in next time. <laughs> Just edit. Do like, add in. You know how sometimes they have to amend articles? <laughs> yeah. Author's note. Yeah, author's note. Author's note. <laughs> they by the way, I can't mention They fucked at the end of the film. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually in the can version. You actually see the whole thing. I knew it. it out. It'll be in the Blu-ray. They didn't find oh. the full indie Marion 80-year-old sex scene tasteful. Fools. Fools. Disgusting. Disgusting. Quite frankly. Make it happen. No, I seriously, I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. That's that's hot. That's hot, friends. <laughs> I will say, though, like, one of the things I actually thought was interesting as well, because obviously we talk about, like, the indie trilogy. Um, but I think personally and i think i might write something about this last crusade kingdom and dial destiny make a really great thematic trilogy in terms of like mm. you know father and son mm-hmm. and loss and you know learning to move on from grief because obviously the whole issue with indy and his dad is the grief of losing the mum, and then you have this whole other thing at the end with losing mark which is like really depressing and sad, but I thought it was like a nice little full circle moment. So that'll be interesting to see in the future, like on a few more rewatches to see what that feels like. Cause that isn't that, it's a really great way of looking at life, you know, loss and moving on and forward and finding out you've got a son and then losing him yeah. fairly soon after. Yeah. So much lost time. It was like 12 years between kingdom and dial, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they mentioned specifically when they lose him. It must be fairly recent. I think I read it was 69, so it would have been like the same year. Oh, wow. Okay. So, like, very, like. It was fairly fresh. Oh, wow. But it's okay because they celebrated at the end. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay. They're happy. They make make new months. Yeah. A new litter, if you will. (laughs) Claire's gone quiet. 
She's writing the she's writing the fanfic. She's writing the fanfic. Exactly. I'm sorry, I was taking notes. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> My bad. You're typing it down. <laughs> Saving um, that one for later. <laughs> do we have any last thoughts or like sort of things you want to talk about before we wrap up? I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah. Great movie. Go see it. I agree. Yeah, don't let it was funny just like walking into it with my nephews and my niece. Like my nephews, seventeen year olds on the internet all the time. They're like, I heard it was bad, but like I'm excited to see it. I'm like, you know, open mind. And then they all walked out and they enjoyed it. So basically don't listen to what anyone says on the internet unless it's us. Yeah, for yeah, we say opinion. Opinion. Exactly. exactly. Go see it. Go book your tickets right now. Definitely go see it, because obviously the film uh, cost a whopper to make. I think a lot of the, I think I think the main causes for it causing uh, being so expensive was the fact that they had to stop and start during COVID. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not their fault. Um, yeah, and also the the aging technology was just so ridiculously expensive. But I I know people keep saying, oh yeah, this film sucks because it's such a loss of money, but. I think there were some reports yesterday that it did really well for Monday. I think it like 130 million. Oh yeah, I saw that. Which isn't too bad. It's like I was on par with uh, Fall of Thunder and I believe Black Panther two. So it's just a, you know it's also a case of the fact that movies are different post COVID. No matter what sure. we want to say, and not every film's going to be a billion dollars. Funnily enough, um, you know, and also kind of the pandemic is still kind of going on. I know we don't like to talk about it, but. It is. Um, it's just one of those things. But I, I really do hope more, more people go out and see it. Because everyone I've heard about it, like everyone I've told to go out and watch it, has loved it. So it's nice to see that for a change. It's nice to see less outward Ooh. negativity. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, he's hot, so just go watch it. You know? Yeah, go watch it for the shirtless scene. <laughs> yes, please. It's right do, off yeah. the bat, it'll set the tone. Okay, <laughs> you're welcome in advance. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, it's but it's a good it's a good scene. Um, but again, it's not it's not up there with the indie four Karen Allen booty scene. So <laughs> woof, woof um, is right. Well, those pants, they're a really tight thing. Um, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> I think we should wrap up. Um, Liv, where can people find you? Um, Instagram, TikTok, uh, every other platform, really. I'm just at Living Light Leia, literally. Fantastic. Um, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's so lovely to like actually meet you. I've seen you around the internet sphere from time to time <laughs> here. And yeah, it's been fun having you and popping your, that was going to be weird, being your podcast debut. I was definitely yes. not going to make a weird, weird comment at the end of that. But yay. Yay. You were so close. I know. <laughs> Nothing was popped. Just debuted. Jesus Christ. I hate um, myself. It's cool. Claire, where can people find you? Yeah, you're not going to want to after listening to this podcast. But if you do, I'm sorry. Um, you can find me on Broaxium. We're on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere at Broaxium. Pretty straightforward. I do 
um, quick shot previews of each new issue of Dr. Afra for them, um, which is always excellent. You know, Les Wong doesn't miss. Um, and then you can catch me every Sunday night on their show, Shooting the Poodoo, which is just a weekly pop culture roundup show. And then, uh, yeah, you can find me everywhere, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at cstribs. That's about it. What about you, Charlie? Soon to be fanfiction.net. Oh, my God. Absolutely. The notes. <laughs> They're ready. I got my bullet They're ready. Notes. Got, my, got my, uh, my show Bible ready to go. It'll be in the script <laughs> form. What indie <laughs> title would you call it? <laughs> oh god India Jones and the and it's got to be sexy oh my gosh oh. Indiana Jones and the or is it going to be like a parody oh no it's going to be sexy though it's got to be sexy it's got to be it's got to be but oh, now I'm trying to think I can't think of anything witty. I'm not creative man this is why I'm not the writer I leave it to you Charlie it has to involve the whip somehow <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to try if I can think of it quickly. I'll try to. I'm trying to think of like a really good. Um. Oh no, that's disgusting. Um, <laughs> say it. I'll say, it. say t- Temple of Toon. <laughs> There's the title of the episode. I'm kidding. No, don't make. That's not the title of the episode. Please don't make that. People are going to be like, why did you do this to poor Liv? Why did you do this? Can you hear like, you how like, I died girl? halfway through saying it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look. Ooh, the Temple of Poon. I can't. <laughs> the title Mom. is TBD. TBD. <laughs> no ticket. Um, <laughs> no t- I cry. I cry. Uh, again, you might not want to follow me now after that, but... <laughs> On Twitter, I am at CMWASHBY. And you can find everything on my link tree, which is in my Twitter bio. On Instagram, I'm Charlie MW Ashby. And I'm now also on Blue Sky, which is this new alternative to oh, Twitter. Oh, shit. I'm supposed to do that, aren't I? Which is really, really fun, actually. It's like less angry people. But there's really so nice. many social medias I have to keep up with. I don't even. I know. Twitter, I know. Um, let's have a look. Okay, it's really difficult for anyway. Yeah, so I'm at charlieashby.bsky.social. Um, so yeah, follow me there on the platform. They don't, they're called tweets skeets. Skeet? Skeets. Skeet? Yeah. That's funny. But, so I guess you're a skeeter. So I put a picture of Skeeter Davis and said, are we all skeeters now? My <laughs> first thought was immediately Skeet Ulrich because big time Scream fan over here. Damn, yeah, or or Riverdale, <laughs> or yeah. Well, uh, you know what? He he's 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 good as Jughead's dad for the minute or two I've watched of that show. But Billy, come on now, he's Billy Loomis. That's true. Um, again, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back next time, hopefully with less creepy uh, titles or indie. <laughs> um, no not <laughs> Bye, everyone. Oh, that was a, that was an exit. Oh, wow, that was, that was yeah. an exit. <laughs> oh my god! I think nothing sums up this show like the power of God wanting us to stop. <laughs> like just shut them up now. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Imperial Senate podcast. 
If you would like to hear more from the Senators, please visit our website at imperialsenatepodcast.com. There you will find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as our Discord server, Twitch, and YouTube channels. You can also email us at imperialsenatepodcast at gmail.com, and please consider leaving a review on your podcatcher of choice. Thanks, and may the force be with you. Has to